Welcome to the last Along Come Norwich podcast of the season, a reflective review of what rightly will be remembered as a redundant write-off. I'm joined as ever by ACN regulars John, Hello, Lorne, and for our last outing this term, Nick O'Brien from Proud Canaries. Hello. Tonight we'll put the 2017-18 season to bed with an overly generous serving of morphine by handing out the inaugural ACN End of Season Awards. We'll argue about our hopes of or lack thereof the next season. And after taking your questions, we'll roll it through the easiest quiz in podcast land. First up, uh, to kick us off as we kind of review the season, we've got a few awards that we want to hand out. Um, we're avoiding the obvious things like, you know, Barry Butler, best um, player of the season, etc. So we'll kick off with the April 2011 award for most memorable match. Any early nominations for that, gentlemen? Can I quickly clarify why it's the April 2011? Because that was when the 5-1 demolition down at Portaloo Road occurred. And that's okay. a fairly memorable match. It's oh, the Thursday, that was. thought that might have been Derby, the 3-2 or something like that. That, that was, that was probably, probably also in April. Yeah. And I think it was early May, actually. Uh, so we've been sidelined quite quickly. But it's uh, the best game. So we reckon most, most memorable match. It doesn't most have to be memorable. the best game. I mean, you'd be struggling to find one, but... Most memorable match for you guys this season? Well, I'll open with the scum draw because it was so glorious. It was better than the win, snatching it away from them. It's probably the nicest feeling I've had walking away from Carroll Road for two or three or four years, really. Well, basically since the playoff um, victory in terms of how hilarious it was. Nick, any others that stick in your memory? Yeah, for me, it'd be the away game against Chelsea in the Cup because that contained probably my moment of the season, which was Lewis's um, last-minute equaliser. And there was also Todd Cantwell coming on and there was Wes doing Rabonas. So that was a pretty good game, I think. Johnny? Oh, bloody hell. See, the thing is, I always think to myself about this season is it's been mediocrity punctuated by some really, really nice moments, one of which that Nick's just mentioned there in um, Jamal Lewis's equaliser. So I think probably for sheer sentiment, it's got to be Wesley send-off, because it was just the whole occasion. We've probably talked about it already. Um, <coughs> oh, no, we didn't, did we? It was before the game was the last podcast. But actually, the club did it really, really well. They prepared for it. They made sure they had the little displays. He walked out. Mm. The lap of honour or lap of appreciation? No, it wasn't. It was a lap of recognition this time, which a lap of Wes cognition. Well, no, it was just a lap of recognition for the players. So it's gone from honour to appreciation to recognition. Now. We recognise that you were the people that exactly. have been playing this season. Like that, that's like the level that they're willing to. <laughs> we, we acknowledge that you are on the payroll yeah. of Norwich City. Or you turned <laughs> up, or as fans, so cheers. Yeah, I think it's much. the other way around. It's not recognition of the players; it's recognition of. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say support, but anyway, support. let's hope next year isn't the lap of apathy. Well, I think that's the, the direction apathy. it's going, isn't it? Yeah. You know, this, you know, it's kind of just moving down in towards the um, Just the adding to that, though, I mean, the club did set it up really well, but also mm. stuff happened that you couldn't have set up, like Wes played really well and scored. Yeah. Yeah. And the Leeds fans' reaction to Wes's uh, substitution was classic oh, Leeds as well, wasn't it? Classic Leeds. It just makes it so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it almost <coughs> felt like we were celebrating being a nicer club at the same time as celebrating <laughs> such a fantastic Not hard player and servant. And I think as well, the shit housing at Sheffield United 
was absolutely masterful and it really fucked them off. So, Karanka yeah, worthy. Yeah. So let's go for that. Okay. I, well, one other nomination I would say as well uh, is is the Emirates away uh, match. Uh, in terms of a memorable moment, it, you actually mentioned on the last pod, Lorne, that that was, or in your season review maybe, um, where we had, we still had hope at that point. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that was when we still, it was still new enough to, to put the, um, the results above the performances not to be too worried about not getting both at the same time mm-hmm. um, having so many of us down there that was that's probably one of my, my main moments of the season but if we're going to decide on one it was also the night that you said we're going to be champions yeah correct. Well, it, was, it was the night after I said we were going to be champions well, there was that I tweeted this team's going to do great things yeah. which now in retrospect and no, I still will yeah not this specific team. This team with maybe some some amendments. We'll come to that in a second. So, but the best game of the season, we're going to go for what are we going for the Ipswich one, the Arsenal one, or the Chelsea away one. Didn't even include mine. <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't get many nods and agreement around the table as it happened. All right, we'll have we'll have four four in the well, shortlist. Arsenal and Chelsea were both defeats. Which yeah. Uh, so oh, the Wes. So my vote is for mine. Yeah, so that's a draw. So I'd go I'd, I'd go Westimonial because. Uh, I feel like I've offended so John. Even, even, after not even recognising. No, I think so. Because of what Let's slow John a little bow to give him that one. Exactly. Oh, so, well, <laughs> the second award tonight is the Justin Fashion and Gold of the Season Award. Um, now, it's tricky because few of the goals have meant a lot, other than things like, you know, closest header, which I don't think necessarily is likely to win it, although obviously it was a significant goal. Madison's pinged in a few beauties, a few nice curlers. Um, I will I will put my case forward for uh, Murphy's against Villa, um, partially because of the um, the distance from goal, um, the situation in the match, the fact that he's had such an up and down season in my opinion. Um, yeah, that I would I would I would go with that one. Anyone uh, agree uh, on that? I would second agree. that. I, think. I would third that. Cool. Yeah, that was easy. The fact that when Murphy hit it, I thought that's in the upper Bartley. That's mm. gone. Yeah. It, well, it, well, it was one of. That's the other thing. It's one of those nice moments where the trajectory of the ball as he left his foot, I was almost perfectly in line with, um, sort of behind him facing the goal. So I had I had the, the exact opposite thought. In that as soon as he hit it, I thought that's going to come round and go in. Um, I didn't think that the second before he hit the ball, and I was getting ready to moan. Um, so congratulations to you, Josh. Um, the Andy yeah, you Marshall. Should, you should say these are all virtual awards, and nothing's going to actually. No, we might make one for the uh, for the next one, which is the Chris Gorham <laughs> Quiz of the Year Award. Um, it's an awkward because we it's our first season of doing podcasts, and therefore we have to name it after someone who has taken part. But uh, his performance, bearing in mind that unlike Hux and some of the other ones, didn't have you know specific questions about himself to get you know five out of six as he did. Paddy, very honourable second place in that category, but. Um, from now on, the the best quizzer of the year will be named after after Quiz Gorham. Um, next one, Andy Marshall Award for who you'd most like to send to the scum. I will suggest uh, Pinto uh, because O'Neill Hernandez will have him on toast in the derbies next season. So I th- I see it as giving them a weakness that will play to our strength. Okay, that is deep. You've gone deep there. Thanks. Well, I'm going to take the question at face value without that deepness and just pick who, Give I, think's, gun, he's who, a goalie. who I think's the worst player. Um, and, yeah, I'd say Marley Watkins. Just don't see what he gives. Okay. Um, apart from his nationality being useful with the rules. Um, and I'd send him. Okay. 
as much as I was his champion for so long, I have to say Stephen Naismith, just because we need his wages off the bill, and they probably yeah. cripple Ipswich and their ridiculous finances. If he was so there, if he was there for a month, that would fucked. <laughs> yeah. That would take the rest. Yeah, of yeah let's go for that. Lord, I, I like Naismith as an answer. Like John, I thought he was a good little player, but it'd be funny to make them pay his wages. Okay, so two votes to one and one. Stephen Naismith, you have got the uh, Andy Marshall Award. Congratulations. Um, the Mike Milligan Award for best haircut. Um, my my nomination here is for uh, Tom Tribal because he seemed to have the fewest haircuts or trims or uh, follicle attention of anyone this season. He had uh, quite a, a severe kind of shaved off look, yeah. which he then clearly allowed to grow out at exactly the same length all the way around for several <laughs> months and with, before having a very slight trim again towards the end. So compared to many of them who have a trim just before every game, uh, I'd like to, to, to go for the apathy that he showed towards his follicle ability. Speaking of follically uh, challenged people, we've got two in the room who don't have quite as much on top, but we'd like, we'd like both of your inputs still. Your, your, count, your vote counts just as well as ours. Thanks. Uh, I think James' husband's got lovely hair. There's only, um, I would say Jamal in second place, but in first place, it's got to be Mario, isn't it? Oh, yes. You had the blonde at the start of the season, and then he's gone for this kind of quite pale vampire look for quite a lot of the season. And and as his form has progressed... Do you I think, think that's what he asks for when he goes I think in the he's got, I think he's got more handsome. And from a proud Canaries point of view, that end-of-season photo of the German lads together... He was looking, you know, banging on it. So, okay. yeah, Mario all the way. Yeah, it's a good Seconded, shot. Yeah. yeah, and his hair just doesn't move. I like yeah. that in a man. Eyebrows. I like that in a man. That's, an, that's a very specific thing. I don't like it in a woman. Not in a woman. Women say she go all over the place. Yeah. My hair doesn't move, and you've never complimented me on that. Hang well, on. I think Define that... hair. My two hairs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. The Delia Smith Award for Perfect Dinner Date. So any one of the current match day squad, I'll extend this to anyone coaching staff as well. And in fact, no, anyone on the payroll of the club, um, you get to have a three-hour nice meal, not not too great, you know, ACN haven't sold that many T-shirts, but a, a decent meal, uh, and you get three hours of conversation. That's, so it's, it's basically, who do you think would be decent company for, for three hours? I think Christoph Zimmerman seems like a pretty yeah. cool guy. I'd like to... Zimmerman and Farker, actually, I'd like to sit down and... You can only have, have the one, that's the way that the awards work. All right, well, I'll, I'll have Zimmerman. No, yeah. I'll have Farker to annoy you. Okay. Well, no, it wouldn't annoy me because I actually think you know a lot more about football than he does, so he might come away Ooh. from that exchange um, like b- being a better manager. This, John? Is a, this is a precursor to his rant, isn't it? John? Okay. Um, oh, I'm thinking now. I'm going to go for Grant Hanley just because he's deep really? and moody. I'd like to know him a bit more. I don't think Grant Hanley knows many hang on, words. Is this, hang exactly. on, are you alluding to the fact that his hair doesn't move very much? His hair doesn't move too much. It's a right. great shout, <laughs> but there's no product in it. So I think that's one around. of the most niche, nice, like, things that you could take as a compliment or, or things that you could have <laughs> as a positive. Like, if you were doing top trump cards for either attractiveness of men or good football players, hair movement is hair it's not one I've ever heard. But it's only really Madison whose hair does move. Thinking through this, if squad. anything, that moves too much. I mean, that, that moves, moves too much. An awful, yeah. awful but, it could, but all of the others, it could move. It, it is grabbed it, branch it. You just your hand would just slide right through. It, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. This, this so is getting weird. This is getting so. <laughs> this is different. Anyway, back to the question. Yes. Um, it definitely wouldn't be Nelson. I'd rather get oh, a takeaway no. than hang out with him. Um, I think Tom would be a good choice yeah. over dinner. I've heard that he's a nice bloke. 
Zimbo came to Power Canaries, Tom, Tom Tribal. Smith or Tribal, okay. Because yeah. it was anyone on the payroll, so. Yeah. Um, Is he on the payroll? I should think so. Probably. Okay. Expenses, at least. Yeah. But yeah. overall, I'd go for Farker. Um, and um, I've heard lots of rumours that he's the nicest smelling man that in the world yeah he did smell really nice about three or four people have said that so I'd want to check that out Dion Dublin is the nicest smelling man I've ever been around phenomenally well groomed and nicely smelling man what's interesting out of that is all the Germans got like a name check so if we could just organise like a German evening I know that doesn't uh, conform to your arbitrary rule but I think if we could just have like a, a nice Bratwurst, maybe. Like, yeah. a brat, like a Bratwurst evening at the top of the terrace and just invite the German lads. Yeah, Oktoberfest, us yeah. four, and the German lads. Perfect. Hanley's not that German, and, I, and <laughs> Hanley would have been my... Uh, because I would rather sack off the meal and go to the pub, and I think that's Hanley's cup of tea. So I'd rather go and have three hours of pints with Hanley and then pick up a takeaway which I could then drop off to you Nick because that's what you're having instead of instead of hanging out with instead Nelson instead of hanging out with Nelson yeah I, I'll drop that off on the way home um, the Wolfswinkle Award <laughs> for the recent signing most likely to be synonymous with transfer failure um, I would go there's two obvious candidates Scrabeni and Marcus Edwards well Marcus Edwards sure not Scrabeni yeah, I agree. No, I'm not that. I think I've seen enough in him to think that actually he could be decent backup. So this is part. This, this is this is a, a kind of looking forward award. I.e., it's someone who you think, I think, in the coming, in the same way that Walshwinkle looked great when he banged that header in against Everton, uh, I think that Walshwinkle showed more in that game against Everton than Shabeni has in any of his little cameos so far. I totally and I think by the yeah, fine, that's part of the po- that's point in the pod. I think by this, it's me. But the the this, that's on brand. That's on ACM brand. Um, the I think by this time next year he will be miles away from the squad, and we will wonder what on earth anyone saw in him. Well, that relies on what I think is our key thing for the summer, which is to bring in some to at least two good strikers. Um, but. I've seen some really encouraging performances from him. I've seen him grow. I think he leads the line well. And I think next to Nelson, in inverted commas, he works incredibly hard. So, so no, definitely not. I'm going to throw my mate Marley in as another suggestion there. I'm not sure he's your mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Stiep- lad, but... and Stieperman, perhaps. I can't yeah. see him getting back in the team anytime soon. I'd echo Stieperman. And actually, he came in and you think, well, this lad looks decent. Well, he looked better than husband anyway. Um, you know, he had a bit of a touch about him. He was kind of this utility player who could play attacking mid, centre mid, left back. And you think, OK, we've got a real gem on our hands. And then, all right, he's been blighted by injury, but mm. he hasn't looked the same player. Yeah, see, I think Stieperman will come back next season and be a really key player. What, a, what about Benny? You're completely wrong on. Uh, but what, I, I don't think I, it, you can't say that anyone is wrong at the moment unless they've already left the club because the point is it's in, in a year this is projecting forward to a year's time well, well, think, you're, you're saying I think that you're I, must, I must be I wrong because you have say, some prior knowledge no, that he's going to be good I think you're incorrect in saying that he hasn't done anything at all yet I, I, I don't I think I, we can judge whether or not he's done something yet. He, yeah. so you think that he's worth he's been worth his wages or, and any transfer fee so far? Yeah. Yes. You think he's repaid that? Yeah. To the, repaid to, is different to worth. He hasn't repaid it, but do you he's think been he's worth been, he's been worth having? Yeah. If we could go back in time, would I still sign him knowing what I know? Yes. I think he'll be a better See, player I'm, next season. I'm staggered by that because you I would rather take a risk on almost anyone else based on so how little 
No, no, that's what I mean. Almost anyone but, else. Because Benny is a risk. Like, just take the risk. It's, like, I don't but see I've why said, you're I've writing said, him off right now. I'm not writing him off. I'm not writing him off. I'm predi- a lot like you're No, I, the, the point of the award is, who are we predicting is not going to really live up to much? And yeah. I think that so you we, he will, he will be like, a, like, a, um, like a, a Theocletus or a Wolfswinkle. I think he, his will be a name that in a couple of years' time... It will be said as a. Do you remember when we signed some of those rubbish players, yeah. like for example, Shabani? Well, I, 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 I don't think it's so. Watkins. Then it's Watkins yeah. all over, isn't it? You reckon it's Watkins? Yeah. I think. I think there are low expectations yeah, around Shabani, so there's not going to. When Wolfswinkle came, we knew about six months in advance. Everyone was excited. It was our flagship signing. With Shabani, nobody really expects that much. So when you talk about that that dampening of expectations, there won't be any. He'll so, be a decent second or third striker in the championship. Yeah. So we agree. So therefore the. The room is agreeing that the Wolfswinkle Award this year goes to. Well, no, it's Marley Watkins. Marley just made a great show. show. Marcel Franke. Marley yeah. Watkins is a good show. Marcel Franke. So much. That I've I don't think Frank. Yeah. I don't think Franke got anywhere near enough of an opportunity to 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 genuinely know he was he was culled out and I don't think it would be fair to him to say that, that was necessarily a failure. He didn't have anywhere near enough games. The, okay. Again, think of the naming of the award. Wolfswinkle right. had a whole season yeah. to show that he could Fair enough, it. but you threw in Marcus Edwards, who played for five minutes. Uh, yeah, and because effectively you, you, you use up one of our loan signings, you use up presumably a lot more wages than one of our young lads, um, and you miss out on the opportunity of having one of our other, like Cad Campwell on, on the bench and around the first team because he's pushed out. So you could you could argue that that that, has, that transfer hasn't worked because he's never got near the team. I think there's a few assumptions there. One that we paid uh, loan wages. We might have paid a small percentage, but I doubt we paid very much. Yeah. And two, what's more beneficial for Todd Cantwell sitting on the bench and playing five minutes or going off to Fortuna and helping them get promoted? Um, yeah, they're perfectly good arguments. I only made them suggestions. I didn't say these are the answers. I just wanted to get the ball rolling. Right. Um, Marley Watkins, move on. So Marley, <laughs> Marley Watkins is the winner. Um, Marley on, Watkins move on is a good piece of advice. Yeah, the Mackenzie Ashton Pleasant Surprise of the Season Award. Again, I'll kick it off with my nomination, which is uh, when it turned out that Harrison Reed, an on-loan centre midfielder, became the most reliable right-back in the squad. I think Harrison Reed is a yeah. good shout because I think initially with Harrison Reed I didn't really see what he bought that we didn't already have but I think as the season progressed like Vrancic he really grew into the team I would also throw in Zimmerman because yeah. uh, compared to expectation levels I'd, shout, I'd throw in um, Jam because before the start of the season wouldn't have even thought he'd be in the first team came in took to it like a duck to water he's had a few little dips in form but he's going to be massive going forward isn't he? And I'd agree with that with Jamal Lewis because it had been really, really easy for Farker to just say, Do you know what, I'll go with Stephenman, I'll go with Husband, they're experienced professionals, they should know what they're doing. He threw in a youngster, he trusted the youngster, and he's blossomed from there on in. He's had a bit of a shaky end to the season, but you know, he looks like he's going to be a Premier League player. Do you think so? I don't think so. I think so yeah. He's made a few ill judgments. I think he's made, yeah, decisions his position yeah. he's, he's looked n- dodgy. I think, I think he's shattered, I think, as, as a few I of think the players that will, are. That will feed into it. Yeah. Um, as Madison probably was towards the end yeah. of the season, yeah. and that might have contributed towards his injury as well, who knows. But it's what a perfect time to make those mistakes. Like, yeah. Absolutely, when nothing, when nothing yeah, matters. Right. Yeah, and, and psychologically, he might have started to relax because of that. But that brings us back to the point you made about Stephen earlier, saying that you think you'll come good next year if you can't displace... 
you know, what is he, 19-year-old who, who he doesn't know anything about first-team football, then... But again, well, he, we signed he... him as a midfielder, though, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, that's how he was touted when we got him in. And what Jam has that the other two don't have is absolutely amazing pace. One of my favourite bits this season is seeing how far Jamal's behind an attacker and just saying, with full confidence, oh, Jam's got that. Mm. He just burns mm. past the striker and gets it, and none of the other defenders have that, really. I think the really obvious thing that we're missing in the room is no one expected James Madison to be as ridiculously yeah. good as he has That's been true. this year. That has been a genuine surprise. His yeah. goals, the fact that he's played every game. I don't think any of us expected him to play you know, 44 games or whatever he's played this season. He's been tremendous. So we've enjoyed him and he's probably gone now. So are we, are we going to give that final award of most pleasant surprise to who? Uh, I think Jordan makes a good point with James Madison. Like, yeah. we've he's just, won he's won he's yeah, but we've so just well. forgotten, for granted, we? don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Okay. Hats off to Farker. As we throw forward to the coming season, Nick, you've already pointed out that you feel that two strikers is the most important thing to to do, um, which hopefully if they're in form and fit will mean Shreveni is at best third on the depth chart, so it's going to look like a bit of a failure this time next year if he hasn't had a kick, but never no, mind. No, because the expectation is he's a good squad member. Yeah, Okay. Um, so, with, 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 with that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, um, John and, and Lorne, for, for the last time this season, um, what are your priorities for, for for the war chest for 50p that we might end up with once we've paid off our shortfall um, from Madison's? So, what's income? the shortfall? 20 mil? 20 odd mil, and we'll, we'll be lucky if we get that from Madison. Late so, teens is what we might get. So, is this? Based on, anything. based on what we've been told. Based on what we've been told. Okay, right, fair enough. Okay, we get late teams from Madison. I think that's still ridiculously good business that yeah. that we've done in Positive, terms of yeah. signing him. So that's great brilliant. news. Um, we're still going to trade players, aren't we? You know, we're, we're going to look to shift on Nelson Oliveira. We're going to probably going to look to shift on potentially a closer. Hopefully, get a Naismith's wages off the bill. Pinto. Pinto, Martin. I think we'll, we'll probably go. Yeah, and yeah, Russell Martin as well, you know, which is significant wages off the bill. So I think that 20 mil quickly doesn't become 20 mil because most of that shortfall probably is in wages. You know, it's on costs, it's ongoing costs. In terms of answering your question, if Pinto goes, we definitely need a right back, probably two, mm. unless we sign Harrison Reid on a perm. I'd be really keen to sign him on a perm. I think we need another midfielder. Um, off the back of that as well we clearly need a couple of strikers to replace what we've got um, and as Madison is going and I don't think Campwell's going to be up to a full season in the championship I think we're going to need not necessarily a natural number 10 because we I think and this is a point that I've been thinking about for a while Madison going if you look at a lot of the games and the way in which Madison plays he's all about retaining possession and he isn't necessarily a risk taker in the final third which is fine for the way in which Farker has set up this season but if we've got a couple more pacey players willing to run behind when have you ever seen James Madison run behind mm. you know, or run past the striker given that he's a number 10 he doesn't do that he's more of a collect it get it on the edge of the box have a pop and he'll score through that but I don't think that's necessarily helped Norwich's overall thrust and you know dynamism in terms of moving forward so I'd be looking for perhaps kind of hybrid Johnny Housen type to, to maybe make those late runs as well be interesting to see if Kenny McLean yeah. Uh, yeah. ticks any of those boxes I think I would go for a couple of strikers obviously to get rid of Oliveira and Watkins I'd trade them in and swap them for two new ones uh, a little bit of pace out wide and as John says one or two right backs I'd also 
I would love to bring Lightner back if I could pick a random yeah. player it'd be Lightner but any of them it's Lightner's wages can... isn't it I think Lightner's keen to stay but he's expensive mm. um, I think he wants to be here I think if we could get Lightner I'd swap Lightner for Madison 15 million quite I early. think the noises that I've heard are the club would really like to do that if they shift Madison but Lightner would be the one that they'd really go for and I'd be well happy with that but he's there not might... going to fit into our wage structure I wouldn't have thought there might also be someone like Jamal Lewis was this time last year, who we don't yet know about and hasn't been hyped up. Well, certainly Todd Cantwell is going to come back. And it's it's interesting you mentioned that, that you didn't think Todd Cantwell would be up to it because then you've That's just said season, yeah, but you've just said that James, you, you know, no one was expecting James Madison to be anything like what he has been yet. Yeah, it's I think what Madison's done is unusual. That's why he's such yeah. a remarkable young talent. And I think also with Matt, the slight difference with Madison and Cantwell is Madison had some time at Coventry and then the season at Aberdeen. I think Cantwell is that his Fortuna Sittard period is Madison's time at Coventry period, and I think maybe Cantwell needs one more season. And, and I think the Dutch second tier isn't necessarily League One standard from from what I understand yeah. as well. He's pretty poor over there. So he's he's shone, which is great, and it's really good for his confidence. But I think he's going to be more of a cameo rather than a star. Has season. he shone? Have we had any like, reports on no, that? Yeah, absolutely they want yeah. to keep him. Yeah. Right, absolutely. So I think maybe um, bring Godfrey back. I don't really know about Carla Morris. No one seems to really fancy him. He doesn't seem like an out. Louis T. Goal scorer. Louis yeah. Thompson back. Um, I'd take maybe Cantwell off to Shrewsbury. Swap them over. And <laughs> yeah. Even if they go up. Yeah. Even more so if they go up. Yeah. should just mention Teddy I think it's really good that we've signed him in yeah. my worst nightmares I was kind of thinking that Farker might want to keep this ticky tacky central midfield of Franchich and Leitner or something like didn't that didn't work exactly and, did it no and I'm really glad he sees the need for that holding midfield player and I'm really glad that Teddy wanted to stay for reasons that meant that he did fit within that aforementioned wage structure yeah, I mean there's no no getting away from it you know he, he's clearly was offered a lot less than he he Thought he maybe could have got elsewhere, but then then when he weighed everything up, thought actually, I'm guaranteed to be a you know first name on the team sheet here, um, and also, I, I think there is therefore that potential with Leitner if 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 he truly does believe in the philosophy of Varker and does does truly believe that he's going to get that role. So would you see him pushing into the number ten role then? Who's this? Sorry, I'll... Leitner. So yeah, if, Leitner. If we were able, if we were able to get away with a cheeky. Look, we'll give you a ma- we'll give you a decent sign and on bonus and a mass out of the out of the Madison cash and we'll give you a, a nice nice bonus if we go up kind of structure. Well, I can't see him as a natural ten. I know that he's played there before in Germany, but I think what Leitner's really good at and something that we haven't really had this season, with the exception of when Wes has come on, is he'll play those balls into the channels which the strikers can naturally gravitate and run on run mm. onto. Um, and he's willing to gamble and play those balls. Whereas Madison perhaps hasn't. Mm. Murphy, you know, wants to make a run and then get a cross in. Hernandez is the same. Vranchich has done that. Absolutely. Um, And I think if we can get strikers who will make those runs for the likes of Vranchich and Leitner, then we could be really dangerous. Uh, Webb has identified it already. He said, look, we're lacking pace up top. Yeah, I don't feel like we are lacking power or strength up top because it's not the way we play. Yeah. Um, we, we need two different options for getting in behind, running across the line on the back shoulder. Now we talked um, before, um, you know, a Shane Long 
that style of player again obviously not going to get him but you know someone from a, from a kind of championship league one level yeah. Yeah. who is smaller nippier you, you grab in but less of a dickhead kind of yeah um, guile and pace oh, yeah. what's, what's, what poacher. what's a little poacher what's a little yeah who, who effectively yeah. is alive to that ball over the top absolutely um, and, and all, all round the corner into the channels um, and, and I, I actually think with Madison uh, having Madison and him having the confidence and the team having the confidence for him to have the ball as much as he's had, mm. we probably have actually seen Leitner at 60-70% of yeah. his powers because he has hardly had the ball mm. compared to a player like that, how much that player would have the ball if there wasn't a Madison, it would be him marching over to closer and saying, I'll have that please. Yeah. Or you've got, I mean, what tickles me every home game is watching every single corner and every single set piece Lightning like a shadow following Madison over like do I get this one then no okay fine that's just like, weird it never works no, whatever but, they cook up you know? but, but, but the point is like he's, he's like it's almost like he's so in, ingrained in him that I'm I'm the best player in the team of whatever team yeah. I've played with I'm always the guy that takes all the corners and all the, all the free kicks and everything and so he's always like there immediately <laughs> and then he's like oh, oh no no this is Madison does this oh right <laughs> and it's every single dead ball situation and I feel that when he has had an opportunity to put balls in they've been brilliant and if we could make that work, he could have just as big an impact as Madison in terms of how much would go through him. And I think that would complement Vrancic more as well, because I think Leighton is a little bit more positionally aware than, um, yeah. uh, than Madison. And the other thing I like about Leighton, and one of my favourite Leighton moments of this season, and I, I really did enjoy watching him, um, was the deliberate booking he took can't remember the game. We were up by one goal at home, and it was near me on the touchline. Um, and he clipped a player's ankles because he'd given the ball away and there was a turnover and they had like three on one and they were about to run through and he took a tactical booking and there aren't enough players in our team with that kind of now well, he, 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 he doesn't necessarily I'm not sure how many of them are tactical I think, I think some of those that's shoot, what, uh, hi it's Teddy <laughs> smash I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that it's like those kind of subtle gamesmanshipy kind of cheaty ways of doing it but I think with with the with the players that we're going to be able to afford and attract, we are going to need to play on that shit housing style, slightly bit of gamesmanship in order to, to get anywhere. Because I don't think we're going to do it on quality quality alone. So, um, question for the room as well. Obviously, Angus Gunn's coming back to sender. We think well, almost inevitably. Um, do we need another keeper? I hear that Matthews is the current plan. That's yeah, why. Yeah, Matthews, but as. I think that's a gamble. Now, Plymouth, I think that's a gamble. I mean, it's interesting that they've signed, have given a long-term deal to um, Oxborough as mm. well, so they clearly might see him as deputy. But there's some more wages off the bill, Michael McGovern. Well, no, he's he's got another year. Already. Yeah, there, there's but, a there's a group there's a group of, of of them that have got another year, are on decent wages, and the club need to make a decision as to uh, how what they're going to do in terms of an olive branch. Those players, uh, it might be that some olive branches have been offered and rejected because the club have tried to take the piss a bit um, and it's, it's one of those where is it actually in the better interests of the club to suck it up except that it's you know financially some financial mistakes were made with some of those players and just say look we're going to have to pay you off larger than we want meet them in the middle uh, and, and, and kind of let them kick on and it frees up it improves the atmosphere around, around kind of, but the, you know the idea of having players who are trying, who are being kept separate from the first team over the summer because you know you can't come to an agreement with whether or not to get them off the wage bill that is not the environment to to have a, a, a progressive and, and positive pre-season and but two things on that just to round this off is one 
as you said about Teddy signing the deal, he's taken a pay cut to stay. Uh, Leitner wants to come back. There's clearly a really good atmosphere around that first team squad. And two, this financial shortfall this year, we've been preparing for that ever since Weber and Farker came in. So I don't think that either of those things are going to be an issue. I think the the big name players currently with another year is a serious issue that the club has to address. I think you're right in that respect. I also agree with you about the atmosphere and the togetherness that is being fostered among a certain group. But it's just about making sure that those players are off, that are currently ostracised aren't going to be a negative influence moving Well, forward. I think the atmosphere has definitely improved over the second half of the season when your Naismiths and your Martins have been gone. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now they come back. The issue, the issue is that um, some of those that have been in Farkas Club and have been playing um, aren't going to be there. Yeah. And the and my um, my fundamental concern with those that are moving on is that when you list those that are likely to not be here, um, they are amongst those that are the reason that we're not in a relegation battle. You know, na- namely Gunn and Madison. You take. You, you take a less cons- consistent goalkeeper making a few important saves when the games are in the balance, um, and you take who's quite commanding his area as well, and you take um, Madison goals, assists, and, and play out of the team. Okay, maybe Lightning would have stepped up a little bit more than he has done, although I don't think he's been fully fit at all this season. Um, you, you all of a sudden it's looking like a very very dangerous. You're looking dangerously at the trapdoor into League One, um, and if 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 you if you fostered that environment on a certain set of players, and then Twenty-five percent of that squad moves on. Um, I mean, I know this is the case for for many many clubs. I you always have churn in in, in the summer, but I, I I don't think it's something that um, senior pros don't want to feel like they're being swept under the, the carpet. Um, and you know, to 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 use one example, like you mentioned about Naismith going north, he wanted to go north. He wanted to get a deal done ages ago. We, we know that he wanted out of the club. Russell Martin didn't want out of the club, um, and has served only a year fewer than, than Wes. There's only about 30 appearances less than Wes. Um, about, f- about 45, 46 appearances fewer than Wes, Wes for the for the club. Was involved in nearly all the promotions that Wes was involved in. Mm. And it's... I, I think that there is... So those senior pros, and it includes Matty Jarvis, who's in that boat as well. Yeah. Whilst they might not be being played week in, week out, and there might be Canary fans who think that, um, you know, particularly with Jarvis, their, their, their time has come. Um, because they haven't, you know, haven't been able to give us enough because of injury or whatever age, whatever you're going to throw at them. The point is that they do have an impact on on the overall feel of the club. And also, football is a real closed, kind of closed group, closed network, old old lads club. And if you've got senior players who are being mistreated in their view, however rightly some of the the fans might believe that to be they will shout about that to their friends at other clubs and that will fill yeah. up. Now, if, everyone you, if everyone you sign is from the German third division, that might not matter because they're not going to have their phone mm. numbers. But I, I just, I think that... There, it's I, think, an, I think you're being a little churlish there. I, th- I think it's really important that it is addressed promptly in the summer and they, they, find, a, they find a way to talk to Mickey McGovern, Naismith, work out something respectful to do with Russ, speak to Jarvis about what's going on there because if you don't want them, then you need to you need to either give them the opportunity to get back in the team, or you need to say, right, we will come to a financial agreement that's fair to get you move uh, on. And I completely agree, but I think you know with modern football and the way it is, that actually those talks are going to go through not with directly with the player; they're going to go through the player's agent, hmm. and the agent's going to filter that out and just say, sit tight, 
this is your retirement pot to some players and, and that's the real issue and, and actually there's another issue here that we found it really really difficult to get a shot at Naismith and actually we, we've ended up paying 75% of his wages for him to play at Hearts so we've got to find someone who'll take him or he's got to be confident that he's going to get a deal somewhere at a wage which is fairly comparable to, to what he's on now uh, You know, even if we offer him a payoff and that's the gamble isn't it as well I mean, he's probably hedging his bets that the longer he prolongs this, this, it's going to be slightly better in terms of the payoff, and he can then go and get a contract up north, and you know, probably ten, twelve grand a week, something like that, and he's okay. Um, but whilst he's our player, we've got to be looking to try and sell him, yeah. and I just don't think that's going to happen. Just coming back to your kind of worst case scenario um, of of Madison and Gun going, I think that's absolutely right. They've clearly been our two standout players. But you know, I'd also say to that, you know, that we've had a tremendous issues of injuries this season, and um, we've played really with no strikers that have been effective uh, under the system, and people like Tribal have been missing a huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. Might be the same next season, but it's not all negative there could be things that we've been unlucky with this season that make next season even better I think if Tribal were to play the majority of the season that midfield would be so much more cohesive even better if we've got Leitner too and I just don't think we can underestimate how hamstrung we've been by not having an effective centre forward it's undermined all aspects of our play for almost the entire season from Oliveira's you know celebration at Fulham to the last few uninspiring performances it's been a disaster up front hasn't it really that's really interesting and I, I wholesale agree so well said that man it's just really interesting compared to last year 16-17 where effectively right let's just put Kyle Lafferty in the Marley Watkins Hall <laughs> of Shame we were playing with Nelson Oliveira and Cameron Jerome yeah. and we were free scorers we were what second high scorers in the division and they both contributed a lot of goals so is it system driven? Is it management driven? Or is it just, I don't know, something else? It's a mixture of all, I think. I mean, you can't not look at Oliveira's record of being a journeyman that's never really worked for a period of time at any club. And he's played for some very big clubs, bigger clubs than us. So there's clearly something there around his temperament. I'm a big Farker fan. I don't know if we're going to have that argument later. But, we you, have every you, week. but you cannot deny that not enough of our goals have been scored by team play. We've been over-reliant on Madison banging one in from 30 yards. So that's just a fact. So there are big question marks there. And, you know, Farker will, will argue it that he's not had the centre-forwards. And I think there's some truth in that. But that's why the start of next season is going to be really crucial, isn't it? We've got to get in behind the bat. We've got to create goals through general play, not free kicks and long-range shots. Okay, so on that exact point, I think you... Let's talk about Farker now. Have we done the awards? <laughs> yeah, we've done the awards. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Um, the... Settle in, everyone. Here we go. So, so Nick, I think Nick makes an excellent point. We're going to have some uh, water pouring now, so everyone knows that there's some sound effects coming up. Um <laughs> We're just getting ready for yeah, this. So, so Nick makes an excellent point, as he has a wee in the corner. <laughs> um, that, and I've, I've, bang, I've been banging on about it. It's the lack of goals and good play that can be replicated from game to game. You, and yet we had the second most shots in the division yeah. over the course of the season. Yeah, yeah but I think let's caveat that, because you, yeah. you've banded about that stat quite a bit. The second most shots, now, they include all of Oliveira's pings from 35 yards and 30 yards. You reckon it includes that header against Sheffield Wednesday where it just went behind Fuck him. me, what the hell was that? They but anyway, don't, but they, they do include all those chances and actually we can't legitimately call them chances. And also, they don't, and also, they, there isn't, uh, if there, basically, if there isn't a column for it in the table at the end of the season, 
I, I don't think you can use it to defend. Um, in the same way that... You can, because it provides context. No, I don't think... Because the point is, and this is what I'm going to come on to, Nick's excellent point about you know relying so much on amazing free kicks, Madison's wizardry, etc. Um, you, It's your job as a manager, and that is, and you pointed it out, John, a mixture of man management and system and, and, and shape. It's your job to get the best out of, the, of what you've got. So Oliveira has banged in loads of goals in a team last season for us. Um, he didn't bang in goals this season. So part, it's not like he stopped trying. I mean, he was too greedy in some cases early in the season. It's your job as a manager to go, right, how do I get the best out of this sum of parts? You look at some of the managers that have done really good things this season and turned things around, like Mark Hughes came in after the um, transfer window. He doesn't have new strikers and they've started scoring goals. Hodgson, very, very little turnover actually in playing staff, even though he was there before the January transfer window. But now, if you hang go, on, they, yeah, they, they, they may make his point because I've got a counter argument too. They, they, may, be far more, <laughs> they may be far more um, experienced managers than, than Farker. And whilst I would be full of hope at the start of next season, my expectation levels are that he'll be gone by Christmas, if not a little bit earlier, simply on his man management system. Inflexibility in system, his the warning signs of man management of people like Nelson, people like Russ, people like Nazi, um, and I don't think that he will get any better than he's achieved this season. And I think he's been immensely lucky with how good Madison's been. Yeah, see, I think he has been fortunate with how good Madison's been. But and I've alluded to the point prior to that. Actually, given the fact that Madison is one of these, he's just twists and turns and keeps the ball we've lost a lot of our attacking impetus because of that and there was a really good article actually on my football writer a few months ago which highlighted that fact um, but you know to count your point yes I think potentially there are some man management issues around the bigger name players so you're talking about your Russell Martins your Nelson Oliveira's your Stephen Naismith that's fair enough but Farker and Weber have inherited what was a bit of a shitstorm and mm. Dean Kiley on Twitter was, was really interesting you know in terms of whatever he said I can't remember now but you know kind of referenced so it as the revolution, revolution and the propaganda and the club PR that we're trying to develop something we're trying yeah. to develop a style of play we're trying to develop an identity and actually that's the baby steps this season and alright we've amassed 60 points and that's not really good enough for a club of Norwich City size but we've now got another window we've now got the opportunity to get the strikers that we want we've now got the opportunity to get the type of characters that we want or that Farker wants and that Weber wants at the club so I only see positive signs for next season because we will have the right type of characters in the club rather than what they inherited. So we're also going to have four or five of the wrong type of characters. No. And we need to jettison them fairly quickly or deal with it. It's them. not going to happen. The way the club are trying to do it at the moment is not going to happen. What I would say is, and I think this is the most important thing, is if we'd have sat here this time last year and had this discussion, we would have all bemoaned the fact that our defensive record was awful and our attacking record was fine. So if there was an area to fix, it was the defence. Now you could have quite legitimately sat here this time last season and said, let's sort out the defence. The attack's fine, that'll look after itself. We need to fix the defence. And Farker has done that. It's come at the cost of our attacking impetus. But what Farker has done is come in and address the major issue. That's now addressed, and it's not only the um, defence, it's the wage bill and stuff as well. He's done that. He's created a squad of players who want to play for him and some of them who want to come back to play for him on less money. And this summer, him and Webber have both already identified that what they need to sort out now is the attack. 
And there have been times this season, mainly I think when we were playing three at the back, when all that seemed to be missing was the striker. And we've come very, very close to that. So I agree completely with what you say about the um, the defence. But on to the broader point about what sort of team he wants to create. You know, we went down from the Premiership and Alex Neil, you know, had the best part of a year with this massive squad of players who all had a history of playing in the Premiership and it didn't work. We ended up in roughly give or take a few places, the same place in the table. Oh, and actually, it was miles dis- off. We were miles, miles off. Miles. Eighth, 70 yeah. points. Yeah, we, we were eighth and, Still, and we were in contention up to the last few games as opposed to, you know, we finished really in February. We were know. closer, I grant you. I don't Way think it was up to ten the last games, few games. Last 10 games. Um, and if you think of the shitstorm that there's been of all of the mass turnover... You know, I think that you know, I think that's got to be a massive contributing factor. And what he is trying to create is this team of hungry, generally younger players that want really badly to play for Norwich and play for him. And you know, it, that is going to put some people's noses out of joint. Yeah, I said in my season review that I don't think I can't remember a more exciting time to be a Norwich fan because you just don't know who we're going to be signing this summer. Like, it, it's going to be players that we've never heard of, and that to me is hugely exciting. Dave Strahavka. Yeah, I'd get back. But I'd still rather sign someone <laughs> who I've never heard of than just sign. That was the name I was trying to think of when I was going to try and come up with my uh, uh, transfer <laughs> nightmare of the, <laughs> of the season. I, I think Sabeni will be in, in that list. But okay. <laughs> One final thing to kind of round off this kind of season review element before we move to, to Twitter questions um, is let's just go around the table, nice and positive. How long do you give him next season if we we don't seem to have fixed the problems that we've got that you that you just mentioned, Nick? I.e., we're still not scoring, we're still not scoring goals out of team play. Um, how long do you give him? I don't like to give people deadlines like that, but if you're forcing me, I would say until um, until December, and then you'd make a change ready for the January market. And presumably that's based on being what at least four or five games away from the playoffs. Yeah, you'd want to be in the realm of, in the realms of the the playoffs. And what if you are bottom five or six, you know, after a couple of months? No, you give him more time. Okay, John. Yeah, it's all about context, isn't it? I mean, it depends what the results have been like, what the performances have been like, mm. how the new strikers have settled in. I don't think you can really answer that question. I'd be really up for giving him the season, um, and seeing where we go with that. And do you know what? If that's at the cost of another season in the Championship, but we're building something which is sustainable, then so be it. Yeah. Agree with both of them. Uh, I would definitely give them at least until Christmas, no matter where we are. Mm. And I think at Christmas, like we were this Christmas, we were within reach of the playoffs. So if we were in the same position as we were last Christmas, this Christmas, I'd be quite happy for We were also then nearly in a relegation battle not long after But Christmas. that's the, pit, yeah, that's yeah. the point of the that's challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you can be anywhere. So not, not if you're having a good season. I'd give them another season. And they came from absolutely nowhere. I mean, they were below us what, whenever we played them. New Year's Day, was it? And, you know, they were on the cusp of the playoffs. So it's really difficult. But if there's tangible signs of improvement, then I think you give them the season. Mm. And that's the test, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Saturday just gone, we had the first Proud Canaries Cup held at Carroll Road, where Proud Canaries had three teams representing the Proud Canaries support group. There were teams from London and Birmingham and Manchester, am I right in saying Manchester? There were teams from all over Britain anyway who came came down to Charlton. And it was a 
fantastic day. Me and you played on the same team, Mr. Tom. We did, it was wonderful. And we got on famously, mm. didn't we? We did, we had, had a great time. time. We had a great time, we didn't win. Um, Came close though. But we, 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 we were beaten semi-finalists as part yeah. of Proud Canaries A, but there was also a B and a C team. Yeah. It's great to have three sets of, of Proud Canaries teams taking part in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Was it your first time to play on Cow Road, Nick? Absolutely. Because you're quite a new City fan, aren't you, compared to us? Yeah, well, there's a little story in there, isn't there? Yeah, so so when I grew up in Kent, and my dad is a massive um, Chelsea fan, so I spent all of my, my childhood going to Chelsea games, and um, when I moved up to Norwich, I started going to watch Norwich, and I first started watching um, Norwich properly this season, they got relegated to League One, so obviously it was a really good time, and then... Um, during the Lambert rise up through the leagues, kind of supported both teams, still kept my eye on Chelsea, went to see Norwich games. And then it was um, the the first game at Stamford Bridge, um, Chelsea versus um, Norwich um, in the Lambert era. And um, my dad got me a ticket in the um, Chelsea end. And um, Chelsea went 1-0 up. I think it was Basingwa, long range shot. And then Holti equalised, mm, lobbed yeah. it over Petacek yeah. and I was in the Chelsea end and I got up and celebrated in the Chelsea end, Holtz equaliser and went on to get stuffed but um, it's 3-1 I think, Ruddy, did Ruddy get sent off? Or Is that the one Ruddy punched Jodker out? Yeah. No, he yeah. didn't get sent off for that, um, that, that, was, really early. that was really early in the game and he just, he just completely knocked him out yeah. cold, didn't he? But I don't think he got any, I don't think it was even a foul. So you've that was a memory. So so and that was when I realised that that you know um, Norwich were definitely the team. So when we played Chelsea twice this year, you know there was the right proper rivalry between me and my dad. So it's like properly evolved. But you've only known Norwich City with way too hand then. Yeah. yeah. On to Twitter questions. First up, Stuart Wardrobe. What has been the biggest single success? And mistake of Daniel Farker's first season in charge. So I would start that by saying I think his big biggest success has been managing that churn that we've already spoken about, managing the fact that the wage bill's been hugely reduced while keeping us competitive. Alright, it was a bang average season, like we won as many games as we lost, but given the context of the situation, I think he's done a sterling job. I think his best success has been his PR. The way he handles himself in front of the press and yeah, the way he's really got people um, on his side. I think he's played that game very well. It's, it's almost like a negative that you've sold. Yeah, yeah, hasn't <laughs> he? No, I, as someone who works in, in marketing... So uh, your biggest positive for Farker is that he's tricked everyone into thinking that he's a capable he's a person. Didn't, didn't use the word tricked. No, I think he's done, I think, no, I think he's done a fantastic job of giving himself the best possible <laughs> opportunity to go on a couple of difficult runs that... Would have would have been more challenging for other managers to deal with if he wasn't so well liked. I think that's fair. Yeah, mm. he's handsome and charismatic. Really. His hair moves about though, so he's no good for John. Nick, <laughs> and he's got nice yeah, pro- um, product. Will fix that, mate. It's fine. And he's got nice aftershave. Um, for for me, the best thing is um his trust in young players. So you know, why yeah. did Alex Neil not put James Madison in the team or you know, straight into the team this season? Jamal also, I think next year Todd Campbell. And um, with the negative, I'm going to be the opposite of you and do one that could be seen jointly. Um, so I would say the cup runs. So it's been great to see Norwich put on some heroic cup displays, but did it come at the cost? Because we were on that really good run against Arsenal, tweeted, this team's going somewhere. 
and then after that we completely collapsed for for a few weeks didn't yeah. we so yeah, yeah, no, that's a bit right. of a positive negative i think i think that's exactly right but w- what i would say with that is i would much rather us because all of us mentioned the arsenal game and the two chelsea games as our highlights of the season i'd much mm. rather us sacrifice a couple of league games mm. in order to try and have a cup run. i didn't like the home chelsea one very much that was pretty dull. No, at Chelsea away in the Arsenal. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, what was it? Mistakes was the other one. So you yeah, I'll go for my success. It, it's the defence, isn't it? You know, effectively, I think we've looked at times when we've played a three at the back, we've looked as defensively solid as we have for years. And in Hanley, we've got a centre back right, who's so. kind of in that that kind of. Um, He's kind of in the, the mould of a Malky Mackay or a Craig Fleming. We haven't had a centre-back like that for years, so I think that's that's been one of the big, biggest things. Or John Newsom. John Newsom's a good shout, mm. although I'd probably take Malky over him. I'd John ta- I'd, was a bit more I'd take Hanley over both of those as well, because he, he's, well, he's something that Malky never was, which is fast. He's so deceptively yeah. quick mm. to, to the ball, and that, that you quite often in the first 15 minutes of a match, you'll see him catch a striker out, because the striker will just think, oh, I've got another lump against me today. And, and not go full pelt towards the ball and realise he's beaten to it. Well, that's really how he can. scored against Ipswich, isn't it? It's because yeah, yeah. both the, keep, the Ipswich keeper and their uh, defender switched off. Thought they could beat him to it. That's yeah. gone. But yeah. he's super canny in terms of when to beast a player as well, just when the ref's not watching. Yeah, yeah. You know, just get a dig in. So, yeah. No, yeah, special mention for uh, Grealish starting to square up to him and then yeah. immediately thinking a lot better of it. Oh, no, <laughs> when he just thought, oh, you're quite a lot bigger than me, aren't you? moment of the season. Yeah. Oh, and another moment of the season, the way uh, Grant Hanley uh, absolutely bullied uh, Ben Brereton for Forrest. Yes, yeah. About three times in a row, yeah. just put him on his arse. Yeah. And you could see Brereton want to get him back. And yeah. as soon as he did, he just, fl- Hanley went down, yeah. got a foul. Yeah, got a free kick. You could see him widen him up even more. <laughs> yeah. But he, um, I don't know if Jack... When Jack Reeve was here on the podcast, he said about it, but um, he went to see a 23s game when Hanley wasn't in the team and he was just playing in the 23s for fitness and there was this like eight, 17, 18-year-old lad who was playing against him and apparently he just looked at the ref, saw he wasn't watching, elbow smash in the face. Like He's just, he's just somebody who wants to win, Like just mm. doesn't care. Well, going back to what we were saying before, we need a bit of that, a bit yeah. of lightness, gamesmanship. We, we need, when, you, when you're not going to have the best... You know, you're not going to have a Wolves-style squad next season. You know, we're going to need yeah. a bit of that in order to have any chance, I think. Good question, that. Good question. So, As, and one, biggest one, mistake yeah. we haven't gone, gone for either. Tom, mate, the floor's yours. I think the thing that people com- complain about most is his inability to change things. So yeah. leaving subs very, very late. Uh, and also how rarely we have been able to say, well, yeah, game was going really badly until he changed shape up front or until he went to two wingers or until he... You know, there, there haven't been enough times for me where... You've been able to say, oh, okay, he's 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 been outfoxed by other managers like that. It was a Bolton game, wasn't it? It was nil nil, and we absolutely smashed them first half. Mm-hmm. And then Parkinson just moved everyone up twenty yards in the second half, and that was and they're like, oh, that's it, we're done. It's a fair comment. Any other mistakes Daniel's made? No, no, no mistakes at all. I I think I'd go. Well, I meant that with the cup thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, yeah, I think the cup thing's fair. I think. That's fair. I think I think, I, think Thomas, I think Tom makes a good point about him having influenced games less. But I do think he showed signs early on that he was willing to switch stuff up. And I don't think injuries necessarily helped his cause in that. But I agree that he's made subs too I said late. this in my season review, though, for, which is on the website, that I think his, he was really brave to Jetson, Franca and Russell Martin after the Millwall game and, and the Villa kind of debacles and, and both of them you'd say it's a fair game that, that he dropped them but actually then 
to manage both of those players out when one of them is his signing, the other one, the pre-season, he's lauding him, they're giving him a new contract, he's calling him a club icon, he's really bigging him up. To then jettison them without, I mean, there's obviously something that's happened or, I don't know, there's been a falling out or whatever, but... Martin went to the press about the fitness regime, didn't he? I no, thought that was another player. No, he didn't. I'd heard it was another player who now I'm not going to name him, but he currently plays for Huddersfield. Um, Lawford, the twat. I was also trying to think of a Huddersfield player. <laughs> I couldn't think of a single one other than that little one. <laughs> Michael Saunders, who's a regular listener, thank you, Michael. And he says, "Here's a question: How many times will legend Andy Marshall kick the ball into touch?" And I presume he is referring to the Legends game on the 20th of May at Carrot against Inter Forever. How many keepers have been confirmed for it? You've got Gunny, you've got Scott Howie, um, although I don't know if he's going to play in goal because he plays outfield for Crinkford Vets, doesn't he? And then Andy Marshall. So they're probably all going to play half an hour, something like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd go 12. <laughs> They'll do a comedy one, surely, at the start. Just to play just he'll, he'll say it's play a comedy one. I've <laughs> <laughs> done it. <laughs> cool. Well, speaking of actually, in the Browns tournament, uh, Andy and I actually played against the goalkeeper wearing an Ipswich Town Marcus Evans goalkeeper shirt, and I missed quite an easy chance by realising at the last minute that it was a scum shirt in the other goal, decided to give it the beans and tried it as hard as I possibly could, skied it into the Barkley, no, Riverend, sorry. And talking of goalkeepers at the Browns tournament, so Tim Sadler's got in touch, and he said... Your best and worst moment of the season. We've kind of done that. But also, what did Norwich need to do to mount a serious promotion challenge? Well, first off, well played to him in the tournament. He took a, a very sizable centre-forward's elbow or knee oh, combination in the face and was bleeding from the first game. He was spitting blood. Yeah, he, played, no, he, was, he was terrific. Um, but yeah, what, what do we need to do to mount a... Serious promotion challenge. So... Change of manager. I think oh, we need to oh, uh, change our podcast host. We need a definite. Uh, well, it's transfer windows open now. Uh, you've got until August the thirty first. Comes off to TNC. Um, so we, what we need to do uh, is get those two strikers sorted. If you get that right, um, and you get you get lucky with the form. I think almost everything else will very quickly not be an issue anymore because you'll just score enough goals for it not to be a matter, not 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 for it to be a, for it not to be a problem. Yeah, a little a pacey little poacher up top will make those little runs in behind yeah. to pick up those balls that Vranjic and Lightner like to play in the channels. Work that space. I would also uh, caveat that with I think there is part of the uh, Fark game plan is to work space on the edge of the box for someone to ping one from long range so I don't think we'll see less of that next season but we just want more of the other yeah. so we're all kind of agreed aren't we pay, I think pay that's we also did a competition for the podcast as well so as whoever sent us the best question was going to win one of our exclusive canary enamel badges and two free tickets to the Interlegends game as well Nick as our esteemed guest would you perhaps like to select the best question that we've had from those from those questions, um, I would say um, I'd say the Farker question. Farker's biggest mistakes and yeah. So Stuart Wardrobe, Stuart will be in touch, mate. It's time for the final Along Come Norwich quiz of the season. Um, this week there are no Norwich City questions <laughs> because they haven't played well enough to deserve me to write any more about them. It's been a forgettable season, and so therefore I, I, I forgot to write any Norwich City questions. 
Um, there's a bit of an international flavour in places uh, because of the World Cup coming up, uh, but then the rest of them are just random ones that I thought were quite nice. Nick, you've got one minute to answer six questions. You can pass. I'd advise you to do that if you get stuck because I'll come back to the ones that you passed on or you got wrong. You get one incorrect answer before we move on. Your time, Nick, starts now. In this season's Premier League, who has the second lowest stadium capacity? Crystal Palace. Incorrect. Which British team defeated Barcelona both home and away in the 66-67 European Cup competition and also reached the semi-final of the 84 European Cup? Liverpool. Incorrect. Who once said, football is a simple game, 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes and at the end the Germans always win? Brian Clough. Incorrect. If it was Naranjito in 1982 and Juanito in 1970, who was it in 1966? Alf Ramsey. Incorrect. Billy Wright, the first footballer in the world to earn 100 international caps, spent his whole career at which football club? Rangers. Incorrect. Name one of the three teams who have been top of the Premier League only to be relegated in the same season. Stop. Can I answer that? You can answer that one. Middlesbrough. Incorrect. They, they are, I think, they are I, tricky. I think I've got a couple. Okay, so I I the, 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 second, the, the second capacity? lowest stadium capacity Swansea. is correct. Yeah. So you've got Bournemouth, Fatality with 11,464, then Swansea, 21,000, then Burnley, Turf Moor, 21,500. Um, oh, yeah. I thought Burnley held more. Yeah. British club, Celtic. No, right country. Rangers. No. Aberdeen. No. One of the others. Yes, correct. Dundee. United. Yeah. Because they are different <laughs> teams. Uh, Billy Wright is Wolves. It is Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Gary Lineker said football is a simple game. 22 yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah. um, Naranjito and Juanito were World Cup mascots. <laughs> so oh, World, World Cup, Cup Willy. Correct. Uh, and then three teams who have been top of the Premier League but then relegated in the same season. Leicester. Nope. Swindon. No. Oh. No. Man City. Nope, I'm moving this on. Charlton in 98 99. Bolton 11 12. And Hull City. Mm-hmm. Very recently, 1617. Oh, yeah. So we move on to John. So um, we do. I saw a very interesting stat this week that this is the f- first time, uh, at least no one had proved it wrong up until that point, that no team who got promoted last season in the top five divisions of English football got relegated this season. Well, everyone who went up stayed up. That's an excellent Everyone. Stat. That's a hell of a stat. Everyone. From conference to Premier League. Brilliant. Lovely right. stuff. Question one, John. What's unique about the top five leagues that... <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready, John? Your time starts now. Name the top Premier League goalscorer to never have been fully capped for his country. Pass. Uh, name one of the Manchester United players to win the European Footballer of the Year award before Ronaldo. George Best. Correct. Which European football club has supplied a player in the starting lineup of every World Cup final since 1982? Real. Incorrect. What's different about the recently launched limited edition Sabutio table football set featuring Arsenal and Chelsea's teams? The pitch. No. Name one of the World Cup tournaments England have failed to qualify for since 1950. USA. 
Correct. Name the football club with which Jose Mourinho first became a top-tier manager. Porto. Incorrect. Uh, name the top Premier League goal scorer to have never been fully capped for his Barca. country. Uh, one, uh, you got that one. European football club supplied a player in every World Cup final. Barca. Incor- uh, incorrect. Um, what's different about the recently launched Sabutio table football set Arsenal and Chelsea? Okay. You stopped there with two seconds left, you bastard. Okay. You have two more seconds. No, I can't. I'm not going to get any of them. It doesn't make no odds. So, the top Premier League goal scorer who didn't ever get capped for his country. Don't know that one, but I think I know the others. English. Kevin Campbell. Oh, that's random. The the, the other Man United players, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton, you could have had. Um, Bayern Munich have supplied a player in the starting lineup of every World Cup since 1982. I think I know Sabutio and yep. Jose. Sabutio, ladies teams? They are all ladies teams. Oh, I saw that as well. Yeah. Jose Mourinho's first club, Belo Horizonte? No, not top no. tier club, Benfica. Yeah, please. Oh, I didn't even know he was at Benfica. So, no, nor did I. Um, but according to it, this is. How many did I get? Two, Ooh. which I, this week Ooh. is strong. <laughs> close. This Name week that is strong. You might need to be the winning. Good future question How many clubs has Carlos Calvajal managed? 17. It's like, like like one per year of his career. Really? Yeah. 18. It's going to be another so one, isn't it? Because he's 23 or something. Yeah. Okay then, Lorne. For the final time this season, can you beat Puntinho? Your time starts now. Jamie Carragher made his first team debut for Liverpool under which manager? Uh, Roy Evans. Correct. Which Russian footballer nicknamed the Black Panther is widely regarded as the greatest goalkeeper in the history of the sport? Levy Ashen. Correct. Which adhesive manufacturer sponsors two English Association Football League levels at seven level seven and eight of the English Football League? Can no? Can you name the only footballer born before 1960 to score a Premier League hat trick? No. <laughs> Who went to Newcastle from Man United in the Andy Cole transfer deal? Keith Gillespie? Correct. Oh, Name one right of on. Asia's two representatives in the 1990 World Cup finals. Um, Asia would be, at 1990, Japan. No. Uh, which adhesive manufacturer sponsors two English association football leagues at leagues level 7 and 8 of the English football league system? Uh, no more nails, I have got a clue. Okay. Uh, can you name the only footballer born before 1960? No. <laughs> <Okay>. oh, <laughs> I like that you just say that. I might word more questions next season based on yes, no answers, so that you do have the option to just say no. But you did enough. Technically, I'm also right, but I can't. Yes, okay, correct. You can't name them. So we'll call it three and a half. Okay, that means. So, final scores on the doors for amount of wins in the quizzes. Lorne 5, Punt 5, Guests 5. Oh, what a lovely way around it. Beautiful way to to keep it. Even if you've got a tiebreaker, which you don't, Mm. I think we should leave it there. Okay, we will. Lovely symmetry. The adhesive manufacturer. It's got to be Bostick, surely. Evo Stick. Evo Stick. Lasts. I wouldn't have accepted Bostick. Um, I I thought you meant clubs, not leagues. I would have said Bostick. I would have got Evo Stick, but. Okay, uh, and who Possibly was the only footballer born before 1960 to score a Premier League hat trick? Peter Beardsley, Gordon Strachan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you got Keith Gillespie, which is a shout. Um, yeah, and that was then, a good one. Uh, you're good at 90s. What about 1990 World Cup finals? Which were the two Asia representatives? South Korea. Yes. North Korea. North Korea. I was no, China. They have been at World Cup. I know they have. I think it was 14 though. I don't think it was quite China. recent. 
Or 10, maybe. No, North Korea, they've maybe been 10, one before, so maybe 86. Oh, really? Would you class like Saudi Arabia as Asia? Uh, I wouldn't, no. Okay. I mean, they're because they're not... I might think that's not the answer. It's not the answer, they might be. Okay. In, in, it's like whatever the their Asian confederation yeah. is. I don't yeah. know how far left it goes. It might have been goes. different then. Well, no, they must be in Asia because they're not in Europe, are they? So yeah, they must be so part of the Asian So it's just Europe they do, yeah. Well, I think it is in terms of football. Saudi Arabia playing the Asian Cup. Saudi Arabia aren't going to play in... Oceania, aren't they? What was the answer? Uh, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. And that brings us to the end of the season. Thank oh. you very much uh, to the boys for disagreeing with me at times. Um, we'd like to thank all of the listeners, um, lots of hundreds of you who have sent us nice messages on Twitter. Um, we will be back next season, potentially with a new host, uh, and we'll be <laughs> massively looking forward to your company. So for the last time this season, thank you very much to Nick. Pleasure. Thank you very much, John. Cheers, Buzz. Thank you, Lorne. Thank you. And it's goodbye from me. See you later. Right, so you'll go first. Me? No. No. Never, where, where, you don't ever go first. Well, that, that's why I queried it, but it's you difficult when you look you, when you look at your phone and say you'll go first okay, and not sorry, actually sorry, using it. Not angry with you, I'm disappointed. Okay.